Yeah, I don't like the Foo Fighters music, but I do like all their bits. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate them or anything. I just think, like, they got kind of boring. I, I mean, I just, um, I, I like their first album. I liked, uh, I still think their best song is... Uh, Everlong. No, 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 no. It's... Um, really? Uh, da, 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 shit. What? Everlong is, like, a legitimately... Great I'm not, I'm not I'm saying that's not my favorite though. Um it's uh There goes my hero. No, 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 no. Um Oh, you got no beard. How in the world? Yeah, I shaved. Wow. Yeah, you sure did. I got rid of it. I've already cut myself <laughs> self-shaving twice since getting rid of the beard. So am I, is this poor quality for me? Like, am I going to be able to use this? Is it poor quality? Uh, do you mean like poor quality for Jonathan? Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean sound-wise. Am I performing no, poorly? I know, I know that. I know that you're not your best right now. Well, Billy, we had a uh, a cover story that you wrote about Murtech Industries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it was. Uh, where do I start? It's gotten uh, it's gotten good response, but I don't think people. It's because of anything I wrote. It's just when people see the name Jerry Pedley, they automatically go into um how great of a person he is yeah. and and uh what a uh a pillar of the community he is and you know what they're not wrong they are absolutely not wrong and Fam- famously probably- nice guy who has one of the most interesting companies you'll find anywhere yeah i could have written a bunch of gibberish and just put his name at the beginning and i would have gotten oh yeah jerry great guy <laughs> um so but, I'm uh, a point to put him in, yeah just put him in every story from now on yeah. yeah, every headline. John, you commented that you'd always wanted to work there if you had any applicable skills, and I feel the same way. Yeah, yeah, I did a story about that uh, when I was at the Herald, um, and it was just so cool. They do robots and stuff, and I was like, man, I'd like to work here, and then I remembered that I have no skills right. applicable. So I'm put on my resume, like, good at getting hand smashed in stamping machine or something, you know? <laughs> So get this, um, during the, uh, during the beginning of the pandemic, um, he, uh, when my kids, we were looking for things for my kids to do while they were being homeschooled pretty much. Um, he, uh, he invited us out there when nobody was there and showed us all the robotics and showed my kids all this cool engineering stuff. And, uh, you know, I've got a couple kids that want to do coding and that kind of stuff. And he was showing them how the robots work and what they do and, you know, to take time out of your day to, to show, you know, little group of kids for 30 minutes, you know, what, what they do was, uh, you know, just, just pretty much what everybody else is saying, but, um, but no, it's a fascinating company and uh, I've got to know him a little bit through Campbell university because he's involved with our engineering school here and he's, um, interning a lot of our students. And so, yeah, it's, uh, He's a good dude, and the whole idea for this edition was the whole, you know, it's surprising the amount of the number of items that are made in Sanford when you, um, and we didn't even cover all of them, you know, already um, in this edition, we probably listed a little over a dozen surprising um surprising to some people products that are made here and, and people use all over the world. And, you know, already we were getting comments. How could you forget this end up furniture? How can you forget this? How can you forget this? And it wasn't that we forgot it. It's just that, you know. It was deliberate and intentional. <laughs> yeah, this end up has, has wronged us for the last time. <laughs> no, this end up is great. Um, and, hey, we can do, that's the thing. That's what's great about what we do is we can do more of these. We can, uh, you know, not every year, but we can have a Made in Sanford edition whenever we we feel like it. We we did not include um, through six the the you know the 
the clothing manufacturer. We did not include uh, um, several places. I can't think of any others off the top of my head, but we did not include several places. And, did, we, uh, did we include Arden, the uh, nope. cushions maker? No. no, no, see, tons of stuff. Well, but well, some of the stuff that was surprising to, to me, I had no idea about the Boston fruit slices thing. That, uh, that was cool, you know, yeah. But that's made in a in a little building in, in the Jonesboro Heights area. Um, you know, I didn't know about uh, I didn't know about the Taco Bell thing until, you know, um, when I was working at the Herald and somebody told us that, you know, just kind of a, oh, did you know that all the shells are made here? I said, no, of course not. And I think a lot of people don't know that. And, um, you know, we know about the Caterpillars. We know about Lee Brick. But uh, um I had a question about the taco shells. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, sir. So does this include the Doritos, Locos Tacos? Yes, and can we get some? Yes, <laughs> I, I want to know if they make the Doritos Locos shells. And I also want to see if there's any way that I can get with Taco Bell and maybe the manufacturer to find out if there's a way for my Doritos Locos taco to remain in one piece before it gets out of the bag. You know, when I yeah, it must, the it must be more more crumbly than the others. Maybe they, right. Yeah, maybe they think, can get some shocks or something. <laughs> I, think, I think they've improved the taco technology some because um, hard hard tacos uh, are better now than they used to be as far as staying, you know, staying in one piece while you eat it. They don't fall apart after one bite. But the Doritos, I think it's a thinner shell, I guess. And uh, those yeah. do fall apart pretty easily. Um, if you like this discussion, go back to our YouTube video where we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we yeah, rank the Ranked the tacos. <laughs> we need to do that with the uh, with the onslaught of chicken sandwiches. Everybody has yeah. them now. We need to we need to do Even a chicken Bojangles. sandwich taste test. Well, we have the Bojangles sandwich is actually pretty good, and we have Popeyes yeah. opening up. Um, the KFC uh, sandwich is good. See, I mean, and Burger King has introduced one I haven't tried yet. Uh, so, McDonald's, hey, the Burger McDonald's was disappointing, but the McDonald's yeah. one I thought was good. It's all right. It's like if McDonald's made a Chick Fil A sandwich. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. well, it's like but, everything else with McDonald's. The first one you try is pretty good, and so you go back for another one maybe a week later, and it's been sitting there for four hours, and it's terrible. And uh, did you know? So, so Burger King owns Popeyes. And so that sandwich that they have is just the Popeye sandwich, maybe a lesser grade version of it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So y'all should go. Y'all should go watch the Roy Wood Jr. Chicken Sandwich Wars videos. They're, they're so funny. He he like did an eight part series on chicken sandwiches <laughs> fighting each other. It's so good. Well, I think we should make our own, and. Uh, um yeah our taco our taco one was fun to do i think we should do that speaking of food made here in sanford uh i am a big fan of patterson's hot dog chili <laughs> oh yeah um that, that's a funny story years ago this must have been about 2007 or 8 uh my band at the time dr powerful played a show in uh in a vat of Patterson's hot dog chili. No, <laughs> in East East Hampton, Massachusetts, with some friends of ours who were in a band called New Radiant Storm King, and the guitarist and singer from New Radiant Storm King was a guy named Peyton Pinkerton. And my friend Eddie was telling us on the way up there how Peyton apparently collected canned foods. He had this weird hobby, and he was excited about that we were coming from Sanford because he knew that Patterson's hot dog chili was was made here and uh so he requested that we bring him a can and we brought him a can and after the show eddie was giving it to him and he was so excited about it he was like oh man thanks and i was like so you collect this stuff and he kind of was like he kind of looked sheepish and his wife went what <laughs> went what and i was like eddie said you collect this stuff and she was like no he just wanted a can of hot dog chili <laughs> but he was aware all the way from massachusetts of you know the brand of hot dog chili that we produce well i was gonna say that that wouldn't be the worst um collection 
no. story I ever heard. Like that, that's actually a pretty cool. Right, uh, but I, I don't know where you would keep it all. But I think he maybe made it up as a cover. Uh. <laughs> for <laughs> <laughs> that, also the uh, uh, I can't remember the the Diablo trip. <laughs> no, well, no, okay. The, the sizzling Diablo trip was sizzling that Diablo trip. The sizzling Diablo was coined in a uh, term coined in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. While while playing shows with the same band. Okay, so I wasn't too far off then. No, no. That was maybe a year or two earlier before the Patterson's Hot Dog Chili. Speaking of hot dog chili and music, um, you want to talk about who our guest is today? I don't know what... <laughs> I don't know what hot, hot dog... dog yeah. I, I, <laughs> maybe they love hot dogs. We did not discuss them in our interview, but I, a few days ago, I interviewed Addie Tonic from Denver, Colorado. This is Crashing Cars and Fan and Flames by Addie Tonic of Denver, Colorado. Addie Tonic will be performing two sets at the Carolina Indie Fest in downtown Sanford, September 18th and 19th, guests this week are Megan and Matt from Addy Tonic. Um, Addy Tonic, correct me if I'm wrong, you're from Denver, Colorado, is that correct? That is correct. Excellent. And you guys are one of the many acts who will be performing at the Carolina Indie Fest in September in downtown Sanford. Um, do you guys just want to start by giving me a brief synopsis of the Addy Tonic story, how you guys came together, you know, what type of music you play, that sort of thing? Sure. Go ahead and start, Megan. Sure. So we're Addy Tonic from Denver. Uh, Matt and I met about four, four and a half years ago and started playing together. Um, we play kind of 90s inspired alternative rock, mostly yeah. originals, but we've been throwing in some covers lately and it's pretty fun. Awesome. Awesome. Covers are always yeah, it's, fun. Uh, it's funny. The first two years we played together, we only played original music. And over lockdown, out of, well, we, we started doing a weekly um, Facebook stream. 
to keep our, our brand alive so people would remember us and whatnot. Right. And so we did this show called Barely Covered. And it was our live stream every Friday night. So we would learn new covers. And so we've kind of integrated some things from, we only play songs we like, I guess. <laughs> That's a good policy. Um, <laughs> what are some of those covers? I mean, talk about that as a way of kind of accessing into talking about your music. What sorts of things do you guys draw from? Um, so I'm from Athens, Georgia, so we draw a lot from the Athens, Georgia music okay. scene. Awesome. Covers, like Chestnut, some Bloodkin, a little bit of widespread panic thrown in there. Um, and then we also do like some 90s covers. We've been doing the Cranberry song Linger. Okay. Um, right now we are doing the song Seether by Veruca Salt. Okay. And we're actually recording it to release as, you know, a single. And so we're down to Megan. We just did the vocal overdubs about 10 days ago. So we should be getting some mixes of it soon from our producer, Todd Dival, that we worked with on our EP that's out and our EP that we're slowly releasing. Like we've been releasing a single about every five weeks. Yeah, just a couple, three months, four it, months. It seems like, and I've I've been interviewing, you know, a different band each week um, as part of this podcast series. But it seems like that's more more than norm these days than not is is releasing a series of singles rather than building up a, an entire record and and putting that out all at once. Um, is is that the case for you guys? Is that something that's being recommended? Um. Yeah. Right now. So. During COVID, we went through a brand change. We used to be known as something else. And uh -huh. So in order to get ourselves booked, because we don't have this giant body of work and a, we're regrowing our fan base and whatnot. So mm -hmm. we, out of necessity, had to release everything kind of quickly because booking agents were like, well, you only have one song. Why? Right. <laughs> well, right. what's the attraction? <laughs> you know, what, what are you going to bring? How are you going to, how are you going to fill a, cause sometimes her and I end up playing three hour type shows and it's like, oh, wow. how are you going to fill that? And it's like, we have a giant body of work. We just, it's some's released, some's not released, some's under different names. I mean, Megan and I have both been playing music separately for, quite a while as well before we yeah and are you guys playing uh, I, I know that COVID threw a, a monkey wrench in the whole live performance thing but um do you guys play mostly regionally have you been all over the country what's what's your uh live performance schedule been like um well since it started happening again I mean we play duo gigs almost every weekend mm -hmm. here like so in the surrounding areas within four hours of Denver, we play, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays a right. lot. And then we've been to Texas and Oklahoma on a little tour already. Mm -hmm. We just got back from Texas and Oklahoma. We're going back in October and playing a punk rock festival in Denton, Texas in October. Oh, nice. We're a week of shows after that as well. So. That's that's my personal wheelhouse there. When you mentioned punk rock in Denton, Texas, I think of bands like the Marked Man, and I, I I know where you guys are living. That's awesome, and I picked up some of that from listening to your songs. There's, um, you know, there's a, a looseness and kind of a punk energy to it that that makes it real fun. But I can tell that there's some some other influences in there too. Maybe even maybe even some blues or some you know some hard rock. I think it's a it's a cool mix. Well, thank you. Yeah. You know, I lived in Minneapolis and was in the Minneapolis music scene for about 10 years. Oh, wow. That's, um, it's got a really great punk rock scene, you know, Husker D. Absolutely. Soul Asylum, you know, mm -hmm. that's kind of, kind of my wheelhouse. And I think when I first started playing guitar, I only learned heavy metal songs. <laughs> that was what you know, my teenage years were filled with. So I'm sure that's part of it because Megan, I, I think, I, I think that's definitely my side of the band to coming in. But that's a cool thing to, to be able to, um, you know, not necessarily find somebody who's a hundred percent on the same page. So you can pull different things into your music and make it unique. I think that's really cool. 
definitely. Yeah, we have a ton of commonalities in mm-hmm. our music and what we like. And I mean, we just spent a week in the car together, <laughs> riding and doing a lot of, you know, there's nothing like going through Oklahoma and Texas and just pressing scan. On right, yo, dial just to see what's going on out there. You never know what you're going to hear. So. Right, right. That's awesome. You mentioned doing um, shows as a two piece, and I, I, I saw some videos where it was a full band. So you've got these kind of multiple iterations of the group. Which, which one will you guys be bringing to North Carolina in September? Oh, the four piece electric band. Okay, awesome. And c- talk about that as as an experience. What can people who are planning to come to this show expect to expect to see? Oh, it's a four-piece electric rock band. It's high energy, lots of fun. And we're opening the festival with that. And then we're closing the festival with kind of a more acoustic set with the full band. So you get all of it. Okay, awesome. So two sets. Very cool. Yeah, we play the the very first set and the very last set in (laughs) Sanford. Right. That's awesome. How did you guys get involved with this? I, this is the first time this festival's happened and, and we're obviously excited about it and trying to promote it as much as we can, but how'd you guys find out about it? We have worked with Jeff Popka, the okay. main organizer. He found us in our other band, the 5,000, and picked us, I think it was off Reverb Nation, I believe is where we, you know, entered or whatever. And we played his monument indie fest here in Colorado. Okay. We met him a couple, three years ago. It was now. like 2019. Two yeah, two yeah. years ago now. Okay, so you guys, uh, not the Carolina Indie Fest, but you've been a part of events like this that that are planned in the same way. What can what can people who've never been to something like this expect just in terms of, you know, how many people you think will be there, what types of things there are to do all that stuff. You know, I know that it'll be a nice diverse lineup Mm -hmm. because like when we open the thing, so it's us and then our friends from Texas tough on Fridays. Uh Uh-huh. And then I believe it's an R and B act right after tough on Fridays. So there's, us where it depends on where you're from where we like to think of ourselves as alternative but in texas they really like to call us punk rock which makes right. us, uh, makes me happy on the inside <laughs> it's that wheelhouse thing right right it depends on where you're at what what you think of our music because it does draw from a lot of places and then tough on fridays there you know uh, pop punk is what yeah. i call them i think and then yeah. Then you got an R&B and act, and I believe like Pale Face is the headliner, yeah. right? So he's very like Beckish, I believe is yeah. how to describe singer songwriter. Yeah, and that's uh, that's a thing that's cool. You mentioned you know different people on the musical spectrum calling you different things, but it, it, I find as I get older, those labels kind of matter less, anyways. But it's it's cool that there's going to be an opportunity to experience so much different stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. One of one of our friends that's way higher up, a mentor of ours, he always just said that we should combine as many ridiculous genres together as we could. Right. Trying to name our music. And we we ne- didn't necessarily do that. But <laughs> I think you're right with labeling it. We play rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, let the music kind of speak for itself. So where can people go to to hear more of Adytonic? Adytonic.com. We've got a YouTube page with lots of fun videos. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, everywhere you stream your music. You come see us at the show. We've got CDs. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah talk, talk about that in terms of um, having released music. You mentioned a bunch of singles. Um, do you have those compiled in, a, in one physical disc or is there an album? Talk about that a little bit. We've got the first five um, on an EP, and then we're going to release the second five on a separate EP. So that's what we have at the moment. Yeah, we have. Well, we have one EP that's currently available. So dur- during or like slightly before COVID, we recorded nine songs. We're mm-hmm. recording the tenth one right now. So we've recorded released one five-song EP, and we'll have one five-song EP probably. Shortly after 
the Indie Fest available for, but we have some of our other physical merchandise from 5,000, a couple of other CDs that we have that we always keep with us because we still play those songs. Right. Hours. Right. We just rebranded. <laughs> so, I mean, you changed your name, but the, a lot of the, the previous material you're still playing. Um, yeah. are, you, are you playing it different? Was it just a name change or was it a sound change? Uh, it's both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of the songs are definitely being delivered differently now because our current lineup features a, a really young, great bass player that's in another band called You Pass, and his name's Dylan Tilton. He's a really great musician. Great. And then we just recently changed drummers, and he's our really good friend. Megan and I is from the studio that we're that we house our our band in it's a <laughs> we have repurposed a heavy metal drummer oh i see our drummer <laughs> right now and, and actually it's, it's awesome yeah it yeah delivers the songs exactly how we heard them that it didn't necessarily translate with other people so right we're really excited for people to hear the songs now that's awesome. Yeah. Like, and going back to the talking, uh, we we're talking about bringing in different elements, you know, a, a, a drummer who plays metal can probably play just about anything else, you know, and, and do it really well. So, oh, yeah. I, I always secretly wanted a metal drummer just because they're really good about being really tight in the pocket. Yeah. Precision is an element. Structure. Yeah. They're precision, they're very precise. Their arrangement, how they arrange things, they understand arrangements. Let me go with that. They understand arrangements and song structure. Consistency. And yeah. It, everything <laughs> is identical every time. The precision right. thing. And it's, um, yeah. It's been really fun playing with uh, our new drummer. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've had uh, four or five shows with him. He's only been with us for about a month. Oh, wow. Chris, our drummer. His very first gig with us was we played three songs on live television. Oh, wow. Show with him. No pressure. No. no pressure at all, man. And it's up there on the internet. We're proud of it. We want everybody to watch it if you want to see what we sound like. And, yeah. you know, you can go to our Facebook page and there's a clip from our latest single, In Your Eyes, mm -hmm. that was the first time played live. And it's the current lineup. And it absolutely is amazing. We're really proud of it. We're yeah. really happy. We're really excited to get out and play for people. Awesome. Well, I know that I'm excited to see you guys perform. Um, you know, as as I'm I'm 41 years old, and I talk with a lot of my music friends who go, "What new music are you listening to?" And I'm like, "Man, I'm out of the loop." So when I when I got um, you know when I saw the lineup for Indie Fest, I said, "Well, here's like a ton of new bands for me to check out." And I checked you guys out. I discovered uh, Tough on Fridays. I discovered the Accidentals, and I'm hearing a lot of cool new music. And it's it's been a while since I've gotten to do that, so I'm I'm excited about that, and I'm excited to see you guys play. Awesome. Um, I'm gonna wrap it up, but do you guys want to say one more time? You know, your social media, your website, where people can see you. All right, you can find us at adytonic.com, adytonic on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Bandcamp, Sand, SoundCloud, all of it. Maybe even <laughs> SandCloud. <laughs> Wherever you can get music, we probably have it posted. Awesome. Don't hold me back. Don't keep me captive. You've got some nerve. You're so reactive. Don't hold me back. Don't keep me captive.
Captive by Addie Tonic from Denver, Colorado. Addie Tonic will be performing two sets at Carolina Indie Fest in downtown Sanford on September 18th and 19th. For more information about Carolina Indie Fest, go to www.carolinaindiefest.com. But, hey, speaking of hot dog chili, we have an onslaught of new restaurants. Yeah, what's up Headed our way. It's exciting. I mean, if, if Popeye's ever, you know, came off an opening date, that would be, that would be nice. <laughs> this is, this is, I don't know if I sent, I don't know if I sent this to you guys. I emailed Popeye's corporate to see if they had an opening date. And the guy wrote me back and was like, we don't have an opening date for this location but i would recommend looking for flyers as the they'll soon be advertising their open flyers he recommended looking for flyers as, as if they have no idea and it's you know we have no idea what that owner's thinking right now right i mean they could have said that there's no planned opening date well we can We're let you know when there is look for flyers is popeye's a punk rock show are they going to be flyering sanford about their opening Sticking it on windshields. Yeah. Yeah. And then one's put on top of it. <laughs> right. For a different band. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Valenti's hasn't opened yet either. Nowhere uh, near open. I thought they were more like November. Yeah. They look, I drove by there the Late other day. Fall. They look pretty far off right now. But um, that's, that's going to be good. We're, we're, get, we're getting a Starbucks in West Sanford. We're getting a. Nice. We're getting a. Jersey Mike's and Tramway, Tramway Mike's. Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's an interesting. I, one. I'm a I'm a Jersey Mike's fan. I'm happy about that one. It's closer, you know, than having to drive all the way down to to the other end of our our Fairburg to right. to get a sub. So I'm happy and, about that. And, and then we're getting something called the uh, was it tropical, tropical smoothie cafe? Tropical, yeah, tropical smoothie cafe, which. When I first saw that, I was like, cool, something's going in that spot. But I was like, ah, smoothies. I'm not going to go get a smoothie. And then I looked them up, and it's like, I don't know why they're called Tropical Smoothie Cafe, because they have all kinds of food. And it looks, you know, it looks pretty decent. Wraps and flatbreads and bowls and whatnot. What what not. Yeah. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts is open in Tramway. I have visited it once. New Dunkin' Donuts, yeah. Um, I, I have not been able to confirm this, but the, the rumor going around is that the new Starbucks on spring lane will all, I, I, it is confirmed that there is a space for another restaurant. The rumor is that that restaurant will be something called Barberitos, which is, oh yeah, was described to me as uh, similar to Chipotle. And I looked it up and it looks good. Nice. So if you're listening, Barberitos executives, please make that true. Yeah, that's interesting that all the development i mean not all of it but the that side of town is starting to develop more um yeah. tramway well, there go back to our uh you go back to our april fool's joke from uh uh i don't know three four years ago now where we said they a um currently where i think bojangles is now <clears throat> we had uh created a sign that said a target was coming there yeah. and it threw people into a frenzy we broke sanford um, that day my really wife was work, working the bank drive through and so many people came through she said they're like you see on the rain we're getting a target 
We're getting a target. You read the story. No. <laughs> what day is it? I'm going. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. I'll never go because Target will require masks or something. <laughs> there was like there was like fighting in the streets downtown and so, <laughs> somebody set River Birch on fire. We're gonna target <laughs> Target sees violence, Max out of San for deals. Ah <laughs> <laughs> Remember, uh, and th- there was another April Fool's uh, story we had, which was uh, Sanford Target closes due to lack of customers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we wrote that it had been open for two months and nobody knew about it and that they wanted to try some weird um, uh, word, word of mouth uh, marketing policy or something and it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Good times. Need a, it, it's funny. The whole reason we stopped the April Fool's stories was because we launched the publication, the Ramp Monthly, on April first. Yeah, <laughs> and we <laughs> and we didn't want to confuse people. That day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people are probably still like, "Yeah, that rant, those guys, that April Fool's that's joke a, they started in 2019 and they have continued to do every month since." <laughs> When, when will they just it, give it up? When we end it, that's going to be the reason. This this was all just a really long April Fool's joke. <laughs> and we got tired of supporting. Yeah, those guys were committed to the bit. It was a pretty good bit so far. So uh, you guys, you guys both have kids in school. Um, how do you feel about the recent decision to require masks when? They, when they start back well Clara um, started back july 15th and they've been wearing masks i was we were surprised the first day because we didn't know you know which what they were doing so we didn't have a mask and uh we didn't have any in the car and so she had to use like a disposable one all day but paper bag it is it is different to get to, to get used to again but i don't see any problem with it i mean yeah, I've started wearing it um, uh, at work, and um, I'll put one on before I go. There, there's some places that require it again, like um, that yeah. I've walked into. So I just, I just keep it with me on all at all times now. Um, but I'm happy about the the school news because I'm seeing a lot of kids, local kids, um, kids of friends on Facebook or whatever who have. Uh, have gotten sick from this and you know thankfully not seriously but uh um i have seen um several you know when this whole st- this whole thing started um that was one of the one of the arguments was why are we forcing kids to do this when kids aren't aren't getting this kids aren't getting sick and that's just not the case anymore kids are are getting sick from this they're getting fevers you know they're out for a couple of days and um and then when that happens, and then you have to try to backtrack and find out where that kid was for the previous three days, and you have to notify all the, the kid's parents, and then um, uh, it's something. I guess it has to do with this new variant, but I think uh, I think the masks are a good idea, but I also think when school gets started, you're going to see a lot of contact tracing and a lot of... Uh, a lot of missed days because of this even if your kid didn't get it um so you see a lot of a lot of quarantining right you can buy an antigen test now at like walgreens and so i bought two of them and gave them to our kids because um i just wanted to see <laughs> if they had been exposed to it <laughs> i got something at the pharmacy and gave it to my kids because i wanted to see what happened <laughs> we wanted to see we wanted to see if they had been exposed to it because right. there i had like a bad cold and then like a few months ago and we just wanted to know and neither one of them have been exposed to it so yeah both we, of them we did that negative we did that for my daughter and uh she she turned up negative too and she was that crazy she was in a uh a theater thing for a couple weeks and then toward the end of it she started um it wasn't like the big symptoms but they were just a you know, sore throat or whatever so we went ahead and just to be careful we did it and uh yeah, it's it's 
I certainly didn't think we'd be here two years later or a year and a half later doing this stuff. But, um, but the other thing I'm seeing is a lot of people my age, um, and unfortunately, a lot of them who have posted a lot of things against vaccines or against, you know, all but calling it a hoax. I've seen a lot of those people have a very, very um, big change of heart and an about face about it because they're getting sick from it. And um, the two words I'm seeing from all these people are this, um, no joke is what they're saying. This, this is, <laughs> which I always want to respond, um, you know, <laughs> um we never said it was but you know yeah, yeah. i'm just i'm just glad they're okay that would Although have been the of, ultimate ultimate uh april fool's joke <laughs> let's destroy the economy for a year and <laughs> yeah. all of it's, civilization just to get these guys uh, i still have family members and uh, who are, are just as adamant against all this as they were from day one and i i don't get it I don't know what it's going to take for people to come around. And apparently what it's taking right now is them getting sick and ending up in ICU. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's, uh, yeah, that's what it's taking right now. And I'm seeing that a lot of my Texas friends. I'm not seeing that a lot here. I'm seeing people get sick here, but they're vaccinated people and it's lasting for a day or two. I'm not seeing a lot of the ICU stuff here, but you know, back home, it's a different story. Yeah. One thing I noticed in the debate over whether schools should require masks or not was that it seems like <laughs> John's got an ice cream cone, <laughs> but it seems like uh, the people who are most against virtual classes are now saying, well, if the kids have to wear masks, can we, is there an option for virtual? <laughs> I just, it's, they want virtual. So their kids I don't get the the line of yeah, yeah. And the thing with masks are, uh, you know, it, adults are the only ones that care about that. Kids don't care. I don't know. My daughter well, I, I don't I, have any, but my daughter just got braces. She's glad to wear a mask right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't get like I'm a pretty conspiratorial person, I guess, but I don't get the line of thinking of like. I don't understand. Are, are are they saying we're being tracked through the vaccine? Because that's happening on your phone like all the time. Yeah, well, no, they're like, they're throwing <laughs> things against the wall and seeing what sticks. Uh, I've heard that. I've heard that this is all one big science experiment. Um, that's why they don't trust it. I've heard that uh, um, you know they've dropped the whole this this was created to destroy Trump, and now they're saying this was created to. Um, destroy the American way of life and dive into socialism and things like that. And well, then get the vaccine if it's going to kill. You know, like, uh, that's the way you beat it. Like, what? Hey, hey, don't trail I mean, me. <laughs> no, I'm saying like if if the virus is killing people, then like, would the vaccine be the solution? Like, what's wrong with getting the vaccine? I don't know. That's just liberty, man. Liberty to die from the vaccine. I mean, from the yeah pandemic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Is it, it's just a strange line of reasoning to me. It's it's and it's, it's, know, it's absolutely bizarre. Well, you know, so, someone asked me this week, um, "What are you going to do when they require?" booster i'm gonna say i said i'll I'll go get it sure i'll go get it yeah Yeah. where 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 do i need to go (laughs) yeah which arm yeah so i don't get sick yeah (laughs) it's uh where do i go to get that (laughs) a friend of mine in a text thread recently said um something to the effect of uh when people say you should draw your own conclusion she said, well, you know, given that I have no education or training in the field in question, it would be incredibly irresponsible of me to try to draw my own conclusion. <laughs> that is such a good point. I mean, yeah, you need to you need to look at what's being said, but, you know, expertise is uh, is an important thing. I just wonder if in the future, whenever um, CDC or 
uh, or these organizations need to make an announcement where everybody's on board, if maybe they need to pay conservative um, blowhards a lot of money to just be on their side on this, you know, like yeah, like Trump's gonna, got the gonna, vaccine. Well, no, yeah. but but like uh, so, like if they come up with this cure-all vaccine, say like this destroys it forever. But we really want people to take this. So just pay Sean Hannity right. a buttload of money and and uh, go about the marketing of these things differently, I guess. Because unfortunately, that's that's where um, a lot of people are getting there, or Tucker, Tucker Carlson or somebody like that. Just pay them. Right. Look, right. here, sell out. Here, here's here's a lot of money. Sell out for us. And they'll do it. Yeah. Because they're they're idiots. Why would the Illuminati want to kill people through vaccines when those are the sheeple, right? If you get the vaccine, then you're the sheeple. So, like, wouldn't that be what they wanted? I don't understand. Yeah, well, it just doesn't take a lot. I'm in in the rabbit hole. I'm in deep. (laughs) Get out, John. Speaking of medical treatment, Lee County is, uh, it looks like... uh, potentially making a, a big change to uh, the EMS service, which is currently provided by Central Carolina Hospital. But we had a very good story in our last printed edition about the possibility that that will be handled in the future by First Health. Both companies have submitted applications to have the county's franchise for EMS. Um, and this is the first time it's happened in like 25 years. So um, I don't have a, a stake either way, um, but it is it is interesting and, uh, you know, a, a potentially big change. And we got a lot so, of comments on, on Facebook and on the website about this. So people are uh, people are engaged. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't think I don't think people under like I would never I would kind of would have thought that that would be a public service. And I guess maybe you just don't ever think about the ambulances, ambulances, or the EMS service being a private. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's funded publicly. They have a contract with the county. But I remember learning about yeah, that I understand being the situation here. I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, probably longer, and thinking, wow, um, I didn't realize that that wasn't like a fully public service. But I'd be curious to know. You know, I know that hospitals and um, medical providers do provide this service, but I'd, I'd be curious to know how common it is for it to be, you know, semi-privatized or if, if that's just the way it is now um, in other parts of the state and other parts of the country. I saw a First Health ambulance in Sanford the other day. Maybe they were learning the streets. I don't know. <laughs> well, it was interesting. The decision has not been made yet. There's still no. I know. I know. That's why. That's why I said uh, I don't know why they were there, but we saw one. Um, I, I will say this also: um, two things that everybody, Republicans and Democrats, can agree on is uh, that their local newspaper sucks and that their local ambulance service sucks. Doesn't matter who it is, you know, or the local hospital sucks. Um, those are the two things that people love to bag on, and um, no matter what CCH's numbers are, no matter you know how well they're doing or what awards they win, people love to hate on the local hospital. And uh, I'm seeing that in some of the comments on this story as well. Is that um, something you think is unique to Sanford, or or just oh no, times in general? Not. Yeah, you go back to um, where I'm from, and uh, um, now, man, you. You you want to have your you you want to have your surgery in Dallas? Why would you do it here? And you know, well, I mean, these are doctors too, <laughs> right? You know, uh, but I don't know. I mean, I guess cities our size, they're the hospitals. They're not perfect. You're going to have people who die in them, and you're going to have people who have stories of long wait times and things like that. But like I said, it's it's most certainly not an issue that is. Uh, um unique to sanford everybody yeah i guess i don't understand um so would these ambulances be taking patients to first health instead of cch no they would be taking them to the nearest emergency room yeah that's the law yeah 
Okay. Okay. But yeah. there has been, um, you know, I encourage people, I'm not going to try to characterize either side's position on this, but we did get letters from both, both First Health and CCH um, that, that were published in our current August printed edition, and we published them on our website this week. So I encourage people to read both of those um, because, again, I, I don't know if I could accurately characterize either side's position, but there are points brought up, and um, it's just been interesting to follow. Busey Boy by Cornmo. It's a song about how he gets uh, confused with Gary Busey all the time. <laughs> and there's well, a lyric that's like, uh, were you in the lethal weapon? No. <laughs> Did you get cut in half in Predator 2? No. 